Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. If you'd like more content like this, visit us on our website at www.surechurch.com. The following sermon was preached on May 23rd, 2021 on the basis of Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 21. As I said before, the, the, the sermon text is going to be taken from Acts chapter 2. I'm not going to reread it here, so if you want to uh, take a look at it or keep it open while, while we're going through, it's on page 9 there in your, your service folder. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as he's poured out on us generously, just as he pours out on us the Holy Spirit. Last week, we, we celebrated Ascension, when Jesus was taken up slowly and hidden from the view of disciples by a cloud. You remember the scene, we painted it out last week for you. The disciples are standing there with their heads up in wonderment, amazement, and perhaps just a tiny bit of confusion. But Jesus had spoke to them about this before he left. And he had spoke to them about other things too. He had given them a responsibility, and he had given them a charge. He said this to them, he said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised. Perhaps still a little cloudy, a little ambiguous. What, what does this mean? What is this gift going to be? But on the other hand, Jesus has talked about this gift already. He, he was sending an advocate who would be with them and who would help them forever. But he couldn't send this advocate until he had removed his visible presence from them. That's what happened at Ascension. Jesus removed his visible presence from them. He was still with them. He had promised to be with them, but they would no longer be able to see him. That's what happened at Ascension. And then the advocate could come. The advocate who was the Holy Spirit. So the disciples kind of knew Jesus had talked about this, whether or not they made that connection, perhaps what was unclear, but they never could have predicted the events and how they would unfold on that Pentecost day. So at the beginning of our reading here, we see the disciples and likely a bunch of other believers, they were gathered together in a room. They were following instructions, right? Jesus had said, don't leave Jerusalem, stay here, and so that's what they were doing. They were staying in Jerusalem. They were waiting. They were waiting for this gift that that God was going to give them. And and they were having some fellowship together with with fellow believers. There was only just a few at this time, right? So they needed to to band together. They needed to stay stay together. And they, they found comfort in doing that. And so they're gathered together in one room when suddenly the sound of a violent wind enters the room and fills the room. But kind of the crazy thing about this was They could hear the violent wind, and it filled the room, it says, but they couldn't feel it on their skin. It was just the sound of a violent wind. And then, after this violent wind, the sound of it came in, then fire entered the room. And it came to rest on the heads of those who were there, and it looked like a tongue. That's, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? If, if that happened to us right now, we'd all be looking around like, what's, what's going on? We might be a little uh, scared, afraid. What, what's happening here? These are two amazing things that, that we've never experienced before. Um, but these weren't even the most remarkable 
things that, that happened on Pentecost. The most remarkable thing that happened is the Holy Spirit entered. The advocate arrived and he entered the hearts of the people there. And as proof that this was happening, the people who were there began to speak in different languages. They hadn't picked up Rosetta Stone at Walmart. They hadn't learned it before. They've never spoken these languages, yet now they're speaking it with eloquence. These are Galileans, mind you. Fishermen, uneducated. And they're speaking with, with such eloquence and boldness and confidence in languages they had never heard before. And people from all of these different regions are, are being able to understand them. This was amazing. No doubt, as we play this out in our own heads, we can't help but, but be amazed. We can't help but, but see the power that is taking place in that room on, on Pentecost. We kind of wish we were there too, right? We, we kind of wish that, that we have at one time in our life experienced that kind of, of power. Uh, because frankly, we wish, it, we wish it was kind of that easy, right? I, I kind of wish that right now there was a little piece, a little uh, tongue of fire floating above my head, and, and as you guys are all, all staring at that little fire that's, that's floating above my head, you would, you would hear me preach with such eloquence and such boldness and such authority. But that's not only the preacher's wish, that's also the, the Christian's wish, too. Because there are likely times that you wish you had that eloquence, that, that boldness, and that authority when you spoke. These are times when, when you maybe had the opportunity to work Jesus into a conversation or where there was an opening in the conversation where you could transition into to the realm of the spiritual. You could bring that in, but you chickened out. You retreated out of fear because you didn't know how you were going to explain it. You, you didn't really know what to say. You, you, were, you were scared. Or, or these are times where, where you have done that. You've taken the leap. You, you've brought it to the, the, the realm of the spiritual in your conversation. You brought Jesus in, but you felt like you fumbled over your words. You really wish you could have that opportunity back again. And now, every time you think about even evangelizing to somebody else, you get PTSD over that, that past experience. To, to be honest, these experiences, or, or even thinking about the mere possibility of these experiences, are nerve-wracking. But we can commiserate with the disciples a bit here. They were no strangers to fear. They were no strangers to lacking understanding. They were no strangers to, to missing the point. They were, they were no strangers to weakness. Throughout Jesus' ministry here on earth, we get scene after scene after scene of the disciples uh, missing the points of being confused, of, of arguing over little things. In fact, if anybody was, was unprepared or ill-equipped, you could have said, based on past experiences, that it would have been the disciples. Yet on this Pentecost day, we see a remarkable change in the disciples. We see the disciples who once had locked themselves in a room. They, they were scared. They were hiding because they were afraid of the Jews. We see those same disciples now standing in front of crowds of people, preaching with great boldness and authority, 
not just with people that agreed with them, but, but preaching this message in front of people that wanted to put them in jail. In fact, maybe even wanted to, to kill them. We see the disciples who throughout Jesus' time here on earth seemed unable to connect Old Testament prophecy to New Testament fulfillment. And yet, post-Pentecost, we see the disciples making those connections. We see the disciples quoting with ease the Old Testament and how it was fulfilled in the New Testament. We see those disciples who ran away in fear in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was arrested, we see them standing strong in the face of intense persecution, even to the point of, of their, their death. They would die for the faith that they were professing. The contrast of the disciples pre-Pentecost and post-Pentecost is a remarkable, remarkable transformation. And it wasn't a transformation brought about by, by Peter or James or John. They didn't suddenly summon the courage in their hearts that were previously fearful. This was the work of the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul tells us about the effect that the Spirit has on human hearts, on our hearts, on the disciples' hearts. He says this, For the Spirit of God, for the Spirit God gave us, does not make us timid but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The spirit that was given to you at your baptism is not a spirit of timidity. The spirit that was given to you at your baptism is a spirit of deep and abiding faith. The spirit that was given to you at your baptism holds tightly to its convictions, rooted in the Word of God, despite situations, despite adversity. The spirit that God gave you at your baptism is the very same spirit that he gave to the disciples at Pentecost. Now think about that for a second. Let, let that sink in. The disciples did not have a special spirit. They did not have, have something different than what you have, but you have been given that very same spirit. And so when it comes to sharing your faith with somebody, when it comes to, to sharing Jesus or working Jesus into a conversation, yeah, there, there still might be times where you feel inadequate, you feel ill-equipped, you feel unprepared, you feel timid. But Pentecost changed that for the disciples and for you. Because the Spirit has been given to you. And this Spirit means you have been equipped. You have been equipped with the Spirit Himself, who is not a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of boldness and courage. This is the same Spirit that turned the disciples from, from being locked in a room for fear of the Jews to, to being confident evangelists. And that's the very same Spirit that you have been given. Recognizing that power, recognizing the power of the Spirit is an important task. It would be impossible to have comfort from having the Spirit if we didn't understand what, what His power was. And so we've established that pretty well. We can see the power of the, the Spirit in the transformation of the disciples. We can see the, the power of the Spirit in our own hearts. This is a Spirit that yields boldness and courage. Boldness and courage, 
They're wonderful gifts. They're gifts of the Spirit, but they're, they're wonderful gifts in general. We tend to admire people who are, are bold. We tend to look up to people who are courageous when, when others are, are typically timid. But there's a little nuance here. Because boldness and courage are worthless if they're not connected to something strong. If they don't have something to, to back it up. Boldness and courage without content is, is emptiness. It, there's a common, common saying that, that floats around businesses that a salesman is only as good as his product, right? Would you agree with that? Um, a salesman could be ultra-eloquent. They could be really confident in what they're selling. They could be really talented just in general as a salesman. But, but if their product is worthless, they're probably not going to make many sales, no matter how good of a salesman they are. It's a good illustration to talk about how the content matters. Now, we're not selling the gospel, obviously, but, but the content that we have is so vital and it's so powerful. It's important for, for not just your lives, but for everybody's lives out there. This is the content that comes from God. This is God's word. This is the best content out there. This is the content that Peter understood with clarity. But that wasn't always the case, right? We know Peter was always the first to speak, right? He, he, when Jesus would do something, he would be the first one we'd hear from, and a lot of times he was off base. A lot of times his mind was going in a diff, different direction than what Jesus's was going. And, and even after the resurrection, Peter didn't quite get it, along with the, the other disciples, we read this passage last week, but we'll read it again here. It's from, from John chapter 20. This is between the time that Jesus rose from the dead and when, when Jesus ascended into heaven. So it's in that time there. John records this. They, being the disciples, did not know why Jesus had to rise from the dead. Peter was a part of that group. <laughs> he didn't understand the necessity of Jesus' resurrection at that time. That was pre-Pentecost Peter. Post-Pentecost, Peter is standing up and addressing the crowd, not only with, with confidence and courage and, and boldness, but he is addressing the crowd with, with understanding. Peter now understands Scripture. He, he is now making connections from the Old Testament to the New that he previously did not make. He now understood some of the main messages that Jesus was giving to him. And we see evidence of that in this reading. You heard Peter quote from the prophet Joel. An Old Testament prophet, a minor prophet we call it. It means just a smaller book of the Old Testament. Yet Peter quotes this passage from, from Joel because this was the prophecy of Pentecost. This was the prophecy that was fulfilled at Pentecost, that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on the people. Now, now, before this, before Pentecost, Peter maybe wouldn't have made that connection. In fact, he, he wouldn't have. It was only through the work of the Spirit that Peter gained this understanding. It was only through the work of this Spirit that Peter made that connection between the Old and the New Testament. The Spirit is the only one who can give us understanding. So, so not only, brothers and sisters, do we pray for confidence and boldness, but we pray to God that he sends us his spirit that, that gives us understanding, 
understanding of Scripture, understanding of the Gospel, that we might, might claim it anew every day, that we might come to understand it on a deeper level as we, as we go throughout our life, that we might continue to grow. And that growth happens through the Word. He has promised that the Spirit works through the Word. He works faith in, in your heart through the Word. And so whether you're hearing the Word or whether you're reading the Word, we approach that Word with, with humility and we say a, a simple prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our hearts. Give us humility. Give us understanding. I got a text message this last week from a, a pastor colleague of mine who's a classmate of mine. And uh, he, it, was a, it was a big, long text and, and a story of, of a really cool, um, really cool success story uh, where he's serving. Um, he, he started taking this, this man through a Bible instruction course, which is similar to our, our Faith Builders course here. It's, it's an introductory into the church, introductory into the, the teachings of the Bible. Um, and, and, and so he's taken him through this class, and they're in the, the very beginning of their, their lessons. This man is a Vietnam veteran. Uh, he had gone to church for, for 50 years of, of his life. He, he had been a lifetime uh, church goer to, to a different church. And he had found his way into, into this church. Uh, he was a Vietnam veteran. I say that because uh, he was still carrying a lot, around a lot of guilt with him. He believed that Jesus died on the cross for, for the sins of, of all people. But he believed that there were some sins that, that Jesus couldn't possibly forgive. Perhaps sins that he, he saw witnessed in Vietnam or uh, participated in perhaps in Vietnam. And as this, this pastor is laying out just the very simple truths of, of Scripture, the truths of, of the Word there, tears start streaming from this man's face because he, he finally understood. He got it. Jesus wasn't just for those people or, or other people. Jesus was for him. Jesus' death on the cross didn't just cover some of his sins. It covered all of them, even the ones that he felt most guilty about. He, he understood grace and he understood the work of Jesus on a whole new level and that brought tears to his eyes because he knew that heaven was for him. It, that wasn't the work of, of that pastor, no matter how eloquent or bold his words were, that, that wasn't his work. That was the Spirit working understanding in that man's heart. He now understood the gospel and that gave him immense comfort in this life. So today, we praise the Spirit. We praise the Spirit who worked in that man's heart, who also works in our heart. Because we're built on, our faith is built on the greatest content of all, the Word of God, which has created that, that faith in our heart and created that faith in our heart that produces fruits in our life, fruits of, of boldness and confidence as we seek to share that word with others so that the Spirit might be able to work in other people's hearts too. God bless it and God grant it. Amen.